Bible, why not open it? For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your soul. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to give this time into your hands, Lord. Lord, I just pray that um, as I speak, that you will speak through me. And Lord, I pray that all our hearts will be open to hear what you have to say. Let the hearts and let the ears of our heart, um, let our ears be, you know, be able to hear your words, Lord, especially as we remember what you have done on the cross for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, there are four things that I want to speak to us this morning. Um, follow along. I ask that you follow along because at the end, I pray that you will understand why, why I went through, through what I want to speak today. For us Christians, the death of Jesus, you know, it comes around every year. We celebrate it in our own ways. We have parties. The world do their own party. But us Christians, we do our own party. But it's not a party of what the world looks like. No, it's the party that, you know, embracing God. Because we know that some, somebody has done something for us. Amen? I know um, it's, it's a public holiday. People take it as an um, you know, advantage for them to have a day off because of what, but do they really know the true meaning of it? Even for us, I know you have your own reason of, of this day. But I want to bring us through, through, um, through four things. First thing I want to bring it through, expressing love. Expressing love. In the death of Jesus, we see a glorious exhibition of God's love. When we look outside upon the world of nature, what God has created, he created everything good. His provisions and plans was made for our happiness. We discover a revelation of God's love. Yet, as wonderful as these things are in revealing divine love, nothing is compared to the sacrifice that God has made, that Jesus has made through his son, um, that God has made through his son, Jesus. John 3, 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son. I know we hear this every time. It might be a simple word, but God so loved the world that he gave his only one and begotten son that we may, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting love. So this is God expressing his love through his son for us by giving his son Jesus. Paul writes to the Roman Christians, in Romans chapter 5, verse six, is, uh, verse 6 to 8, it says, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. 
Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. So this is God the Father expressing his love for us through his son Jesus Christ, giving him as a ransom price for us. We remember it today, what he has done. 1 John, I will go through a couple of verses uh, today. So if you need, um, it will be up here if you're writing it. But if you don't catch it, see me at the end of the, of the service. How's that? 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. We are sinners and are separated from God. We find that in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. The penalty for that sin is death, Romans 6, 23. Because of our sin, we can't know and experience God's love. And we are spiritually separated from him. So that's what separated us from God. We know, we understand. But it doesn't mean we just sin and we say it's only a little sin that God can't. No, sin is a sin. And we were separated from God from that. The simple sin that um, Adam and Eve did was just eating that fruit. It was just a little thing, but that is sin before God. We are sinners. We are separated from God. But because of his love for us, he gave his ransom, his son Jesus. It was the love of God that drove Jesus when everything was yelling, when everyone was yelling, crucify him, crucify him. It was the love of God that drove Jesus to keep going in humiliation and pain. With every step and with every drop of blood, the love of God drove Jesus to do the will of his Father. So that was his love. This is God expressing his love to us through his son. Jesus expressing his love for us by dying on that cross. John chapter 19, he says, Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged severely. The soldiers braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they clothed him in a purple robe. They came up to him again and again and said, Hey, O king of the Jews! And they struck him repeatedly in the face. If we read that passage, did Jesus turn around and did something? No, he did not. We were watching a video clip with the kids on Friday. They were mocking Jesus, but he didn't do anything. Because that's how he expressed his love to us. By not doing anything, but be obedient to the will of his Father. So this is our Lord Jesus expressing his love for us. So how are we expressing our love? The love of Christ inside of us to those around us. How are we doing that? Are we only doing it to some? To the ones that we like? To the ones that we are close to? Jesus did it for all. Not for only one person, not, for only, not only for his disciples, but he did it for all humankind. What, what about you and me? How are we expressing our love? What are you doing to express your love 
the love of Christ inside of you to those around you. I work in a place that needs a lot of love, so much love. But you know what? There's one thing different. Because Jesus inside of us makes a difference. Jesus is the center of it all. If we realize that if Jesus is the center of it all, you will love regardless. No matter what they do, no matter how they've been, no matter what they, you know, drives you crazy or what. It's the love that God, that is inside of you, that we express. Because we know that love is real. Amen? So what's our first point? Very good. Thank you very much. Okay, second point is imparting hope. Jesus points us beyond the tragedy of the cross to the hope of the empty tomb. It tells us there is, that there is hope for eternal life for Christ has conquered death. It also tells us that God has triumphed over evil and death and hell. This is our hope that he has imparted to us. He imparted to me, and he can impart it to you too. It can be yours. It is for us. It is a gift. This is a hope that, that God has um, given us. Hope is found in the promises God has given us. Promises of freedom from sin. We can't find so much hope in Scripture. We can find so much hope in Scripture through the gift of eternal life, made possible through his Son. No matter what trials, temptations, or pain that we go through, that we suffer, we can always hold on to the hope that God extends to us. Jesus went through a lot of suffering. He went through a lot of pain. But he had hope at the end. He always had hope because his father was with him. Regardless of what, do we have that hope? It's telling us this morning, hope is found in the promises that God has given for you, for me. I have this quote from Billy Graham. He says, For the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. Great man of God. But he's telling us, for us believers, there is hope. But it's not only for us. We have those outside of God that doesn't know God, that needs this hope. And it is our job to impart this hope for them to understand that there is hope, not only in this life, there is hope after life when we leave this place. So how are we going to do that? It's a big task. It's challenging. Jesus went through a lot of suffering for this. We know, you know, when Jesus was crucified, he had two thieves. The other thief said, Lord, when you get to paradise, remember me. Jesus said, today you shall be with me in paradise. This thief had hope in Christ. This thief had a hope in Jesus that he hasn't done anything wrong, but he believed that there's something in this, in this man 
what Jesus did, today you will be in paradise. How great and awesome is that? 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 to 14, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, that you may have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We have a living hope. That is the lie. Does the world know that? Those that are outside of Christ don't know this hope. But who's going to do it? Ask the question, who's going to do it? If we're just going to keep this hope inside of us, if we're just going to keep this hope in, in this place here, so who's going to give the hope to those people out there? Remember, Jesus is the center of it all. It's not ourself. Jesus went through sufferings. So he said, yes. Suffering will come your way. I've been through it. But the hope that we have, please don't be selfish. We need to give it out. We need to share it. Regardless whether you hate that person. But I tell you, don't hate people. That's a sin. That's why Jesus came, so he can demolish all these things. But we need the good, the good news, the message of life. To impart that faith. To impart that hope. To those people around us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 80 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but it's the gift of God. Not a result of works, so no one can boast. Okay, so it's a free gift. And you don't have to work for it. We don't have to pay for anything. We just have to share it. Just give it. If you love your neighbor, if you love those around you, just give this message of hope impart hope into their life because they want to hear it. They need to hear it. It's up to them to pick the, 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 their choice whether to take this gift or to leave it. But you have done your job because that's why Christ came to be an example for us. Jesus tells us that we have troubles in this world as a guarantee. <laughs> However, he also promises that we have victory through our faith, because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. If you are facing hard and uncertain times, you can be encouraged to press on, knowing that you are an overcomer. Jesus did that. He did have trouble in this world, but he overcame it all. So how are we imparting faith? How are we um, imparting faith to those around us? Remember, this is not our own works. It's a gift of God to us and it's a gift that we need to share to those around us amen
So what was our first point? Second? Hallelujah. Now the third one is inspiring faith. Okay, inspiring faith. Okay, how can this be an inspiring faith? You know what? Jesus inspired me. Does he inspire you? The sufferings that he went through really inspired me. And I believe that he inspired a lot of us in this place. He inspired the world. Those that truly believe in him. To some people, it's foolishness to them. To the church of Corinthians, it was a foolish thing for them. When Jesus went through the, um, through the death... But for us Christians, Jesus has set an example for us. In his death and his resurrection, I see a man that has inspired millions. Jesus set the ultimate example of sacrifice in his once-for-all work on the cross. After completing his years of ministry, leading his disciples, and showing us his example for living a life pleasing to the Father, Jesus willingly offered up his life to pay the debt we could not pay. That was our sin debt. He died for all mankind. It is now our individual choice to accept or reject his gift. Jesus completed his work and said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus, the sinless one, took the sin of the world and allowed himself to be hung upon the cross. His blood became the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible describes Jesus as a lamb without blemish or defect. His sacrifice provided the, the sacrifice and atonement of our sins. Sinful man was redeemed. We were made righteous. We were reconciled to our creator God. This is an inspired activity that our Jesus did. Doesn't that inspire you? Jesus went through a lot. He went through the whips. We are in a free country to serve the Lord. There are many around this world that they are in fear of their lives, of sharing the gospel. But Jesus, doesn't he inspire you? Our faith, it is by faith that we are saved, not by our works. It is the faith that we have that we need to impart to those around us. Jesus calls and strengthens us to follow him so that we might fulfill the commandment to carry this gospel to the world. So he's calling you. He's strengthening you. To follow the call that he's called on your life. He said, go to the world. Preach the gospel. What's the gospel? This is the gospel. That he has died for our sins. That he is alive and we have hope in him. He expressed his love. He imparted hope to us. He's inspiring our faith. So what are we going to do? Are we using our faith to inspire those we have in our lives? Jesus gave us a great example by honoring 
his father, the call of his father. Are we honoring the call of our Savior? We need to ask that. Are we honoring the call of our Savior? Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So if Christ is living in us, we have a lot to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, our last point I want to bring to us is to be as one. To be as one. We are a called church. We are a called body. You're not here by an accident. You're here because God called you here. You're here, you're on this earth, you're still alive because God has still got something for you to do. Not just to beautify this earth now. He's got something for you to do. It might be small, it might be big, but at least if you do something for Jesus, what he has commanded us, there will be a glorious day to our Father. Amen. We have been called to be as one. The ultimate goal of the Father was to have communion with us, to share with us, to walk and talk with us, to experience his beauty, to have a father, son, or daughter relationship with him. But our first parents failed. But he said, don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Today reminds us that relationship that was broken is being brought back together. Through what? Through the death. Through the resurrection of our Christ, of our Savior and Lord. For us to be as one with him again. John chapter 17, verse 21. It says, I pray that they all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus was one with his Father. And he's asking us, his Father, please make them one so we can all be one to be as one. This is God's love for us. If you have been following through, so shall our vision statement says, to be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. That's who we are. But through the death we have this connection that we, you know, together as we come with our Father. This is what he wants us to do. Because Jesus did it all. But he left it to us. But he didn't leave us alone. We have his Holy Spirit with us. And he will guide us. But as the day, we remember the death, this is the, what I, you know, the death of Jesus it opened a new, a new pathway for me to see. I know we remember it every year, but every year is new. Every year there's something different of what I reflect on what God has done. And he's saying to us, 
this morning is First Peter chapter 2, verse 21, 25, our verse today. For you have been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sin in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. Thank you for encouraging us that what you have showed us for us to follow, to carry it every day to whoever we see, to whoever we talk to. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, Lord. Help us to be more bold. Help, give us the courage, Lord, to open our mouth, to love, to impart hope, to express your love towards us, Lord, to those that doesn't know you. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done, Lord. And Lord, we believe we stand in righteousness because of you. And we are grateful for that. Amen. So we'll have communion. Can I ask the ushers, please, to bring out you?